0: Oh, welcome in on a Wednesday, a game day in central New York. Syracuse and Colgate coming up later tonight. It is Orange Nation. You might notice by now, Steve is out today. Steve on assignment for Channel 9 uh, in a story that I'll, I'll say you're going to want to see, and I and I believe you'll see it very soon. So uh, keep an eye on his Twitter account, at NC 9 to see when that will air, but I believe very soon. Seth Goldberg here. We've got Mike Waters from Syracuse.com and the Post-Standard. Alongside Mike, Mike, thanks for uh, making the trek in through through the snow and the the wintry weather.
1: Well, when I got the call, I, I you know I, I had to respond. You know, <laughs> Steve Steve isn't here; he's on an assignment get your butt in here
0: exactly so yeah <laughs> that's exactly how I phrased it when I when I reached out
1: <laughs> it was the emergency call to the bullpen
0: <laughs> exactly exactly we got we, we got the injured player we needed somebody to come out of the bullpen no. and, and Mike is here with us and this
1: is a good day to be here
0: yes it is it, it's got a, game. a game tonight yes and, and there is plenty to talk about with this game um, we'll have Steve Andrus of four for4.com coming up in the second hour to talk a little fantasy football with uh the playoffs coming up and I have to Ask him about Monday night because he sent a tweet that he was up going into the Monday night game, and his opponent had Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Todd Gurley. And so, I, <laughs> and so, I now want to find out if he won that game because I I doubt it. <laughs> I, I do too. I doubt he won that game. Uh, but,
1: <laughs> if that's all his opponent had for like the whole weekend, he they probably, probably lost. Yes,
0: He probably still would have won. Oh my gosh! Uh, but Mike, let's let's talk a little basketball here because th- this game is interesting to me in that it's Colgate, they come in, you've beat them 52 times in a row, most of the time it, it hasn't been much of a game. And so you're probably looking at this, or, or I've kind of thought about it this way, that this feels like kind of a, a get-right game. And that you, you come in and, and you try and work out some of the kinks from last week at Madison Square Garden, but Colgate's also 4-1 and one and off to a pretty decent start. And, and so I don't know how how accurate that statement is.
1: Yeah, they're not only 4-1 and one and good start, but coming off a really good season last year. With a lot of guys back from a team that was uh, in the Patriot League championship game, uh, a veteran-laden front court and big too. If you look at their 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 starting five uh, up in front, uh, they they go something like six eight, six nine, six ten. W- w- that's a legitimate front line, big. and yeah. they're all juniors and seniors. So yeah, normally you would say, "Oh, okay, you know this this is exactly the type of game you need." Coming off two losses, they're just going to get out there and it'll be. But as poorly as Syracuse played in New York, and is you know for you know for Colgate, um, this is a good team. So in a way, maybe it's actually a good thing for Syracuse. This isn't going to just be a, a total layup tonight, you know, where the walk-ons are peeling off the. Yeah, the, the warm-ups at halftime, you know, and, re- you know, and it, getting ready for the second half. You can see the warm-ups really breaking a sweat out there because they know they're getting in. Um, this might be a game where the Syracuse players are going to have to still go out and play hard and play focused. And if you're playing as poorly on defense as you did in New York, Colgate's going to make shots.
0: You know, the, this game in that regard seems closer to Moorhead State than Eastern Washington. And, yes. and that Eastern Washington was a game that Syracuse didn't play all that well, and they still won by thirty. And they didn't play all that well offensively or defensively, and managed to win that game by thirty plus points. Moorhead State, they they were all right. They they weren't great in that game, but but Moorhead State gave them a game. And, and I I feel like if Syracuse comes out today and, and just isn't playing all that well, isn't isn't you know right, isn't better defensively. Th- Colgate will at least probably give them a game. They will stay with them. Yeah, they will. But uh, this is always,
1: I think it's really important that the Syracuse uh, comes out and plays hard on defense. Uh, I would expect to see some form of the press right away, because usually that's something Jim Behan likes to do uh, when he wants to get his team going. Uh, he wants the energy level high. He wants the tempo of the game to be faster. So see if the press gets those guys going a little bit. Um, and, and kind of you maybe use your, your size, your athleticism uh, against Colgate on your home floor.
0: Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned the press, you mentioned the defense, and, and I think that's the really puzzling part to me for the start of this year. You know, I, I figured the offense would look a little off with Frank Howard, and I don't know that Frank Howard coming back, certainly tonight, but I don't know that it's going to help everything and fix everything. <laughs> but But defensively is what's really mind-boggling to me, because you bring back a team last year that— especially by the end of the season, um, was one of the best defensive teams in the country and, and was locking teams down game in and game out. And whatever it is, it, it's not there this year. That intensity, that edge, whatever it might be, isn't there defensively this year.
1: No, and, and maybe that's something that takes time. Um, maybe uh, some of the returning guys have kind of forgotten that it's uh, it, it's not an automatic thing. Uh, just to, oh, we're going to go out and be great on defense. No, you had to remember what you did to be great on defense. Uh, like Pascal Chukwu uh, down in New York, he, he played terrible on defense, and that's not the way he was playing at, at the end of last season. Last season, uh, at the end of the year, and especially in the NCAA tournament, he was fantastic in the middle, uh, and against big, strong guys, too. So the whole idea that, oh, the Connecticut guys could push him around, I'm like, okay, great, but why that didn't happen every time that last year. didn't happen against
0: Michigan State. Exactly. Jaron Jackson was a top-five pick. Yeah.
1: And Nick Ward's pretty good and big and huge and strong. And if he wanted to, he could probably snap Pascal in half, but he didn't. And Pascal figured out a way. So Pascal's not playing as well defensively as he did a year ago. Tyus Battle's not playing as well defensively as he did a year ago. Um Elijah Hughes is not playing defense at the same level that Marek Dolajai did at the end of last year. And that's been a change in the starting lineup. And neither Jalen Carey or Buddy Bayheim right now, as freshmen, are as good defenders as Frank Howard. So there is a difference. Um, not to say Jalen or Buddy are bad defensively. I'm just like, well, Frank Howard last year proved to be fairly elite. He led the ACC in steals.
0: They're also not the same 6'5", long, lanky athlete that... And Frank Frank's is at, older. at the
1: top. Right. Frank as a freshman wasn't as good a de- defender as Frank is now. So, um, again, it would help to have your senior leader a- and maybe he could help set the tone um, and, and remind some of his you know, returning guys. Guys, this isn't you know, I've been watching from the bench and this is not the way we played last year things change now <laughs> right
0: and and, uh, and I would guess that's easier to do once he steps on the court you than, can't than it is from the bench as a, right as, as a, no. an injured player sitting on the bench yeah. and, and, and as I,
1: Donna DeTota pointed out too in a story that she wrote earlier this week it's really hard to lead and set the tone when you're not playing well yourself uh, and that kind of goes from offense to defense when you're O'Shea Set or Tyus Battle and you're struggling so bad on on offense it's kind of hard to kind of look around and give a rah-rah speech in the huddle. It's um you kind of got to get your own self going first.
0: Have your own have your own cards in order before y- you yes. you go to somebody else.
1: Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll see. I still think they can be a good defensive team. There's no reason why they shouldn't. Um they still have everybody they had a year ago and so you got to get that right first because I think that can be corrected the quickest and the easiest. Then you'll worry about the offensive struggles because I think that might be a little bit more of a long range concern
0: yeah, I agree with you on the on the offensive stuff and and to some extent it feels like they're just missing open shots and, and at some point you would expect that to even out but at the same time there, there's a lack of movement and a lack of a lack of flow as as well offensively and we can get that to that in a little bit but but one last thing on this this defense topic or this defense discussion that I I, I thought was really interesting I wanted to get your thoughts Thursday night after the UConn game. Jim Beheim comes out and says they played hard and we didn't, mm-hmm. and then says that's the kind of team they are and it's not the kind of team we are, and that struck me as something that was very strange. Yeah. Partially because one, I I don't understand what it takes to be that kind of a team. I, I, I that to me that seems something that's controllable. Like if yeah. you if you want to be that team that's that's playing hard, diving after loose balls, uh, you know, going for everything, you you can be. You just sure. have to want to. And it also struck me because that that is what they were last year. That that is exactly what they were last year and that's why people around here really liked last year's team even though they they weren't all that great for the entire season. So I'm, I I don't know why what changed and when that changed but, but that was a really odd comment to me and I, I was curious what you thought.
1: Yeah, I was confused by it as well and I didn't know if he meant well, that's because Connecticut is an aggressive deny the pass to the wing, overplay, aggressive man-to-man defense versus a team that's going to be playing a zone. And again, not that Syracuse's zone is your typical parochial league, uh, everyone stand in a spot with their arms in the air zone. It's not. We we understand that by now, I hope, in this town. Um, but still, it's a zone. And it's you don't see... Uh, you know, Syracuse players slapping their hands on the floor and getting after it man-to-man, like a Duke team. There is there is a certain inherent difference in the man-to-man that a, a Duke will play in, in certain years or, or like Connecticut plays now under Danny Hurley and a zone. There isn't. So I didn't, I didn't know if he meant like that or if he meant like you said, like right now the Syracuse players just aren't playing that way and should be, and I, I kind of lean towards that because that sounds a little bit more legit and a little bit more like a Jim Bayheim thing right. like he's like we're not um and maybe he's kind of going towards certain players attitudes uh because a good part of the post game presser was about Pascal and a couple of the other bigs and they're not the big burly strong aggressive you know type of low post player that that, that you see at other places and um you know the way Eric Cobb played is not the way Pascal Chukwu's going to play of ever.
0: Course. No, not at all. And and you know, we, I, 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 know I
1: I think I said it on somebody's show the other day about Pascal and getting aggressive and how he's not very aggressive. And I said someone needs to insult his mother before the start of the game.
0: <laughs> yes, every game.
1: Get him mad. Yes, whatever <laughs> it takes. It's like you know one of those sports comedy movies, and you figure out this stupid way to like motivate the 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 nicest sweetest guy on the roster.
0: Yes, and exactly. You, and
1: you say, did you hear what the other team center said about your mom in the paper?
0: Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> you, you need to find a way to get him to get him mad and, and get him angry because I, I made this point earlier in the week, and I, and I made this point I think last week too. Uh, there might not be another bull bull. I'll say there is not another bull bull that yeah. that this team is going to have to deal with, but there, there's definitely another Eric Cobb. Oh, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean two ne- of them. Near every ACC team has that at least, and, and so at least, and and so yes. you're you're gonna have to find some kind of a way to to battle with a, a big body, and you're gonna mm-hmm. have to find some kind of a way to you know make this work where you're you're not getting eaten up because if if that just general big man goes for fifteen and fifteen every night against you, mm-hmm. I mean you're you're gonna get crushed. I mean, there's Jack Salt, there's. Uh, Luke made to an extent. You know, the, every team has one of these guys. Florida
1: State's got three exactly. at least, and they're all big and 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 huge. Um, yeah, you, and you can you go on right now. You know, Kerry Blackshear at Virginia Tech isn't yeah. real tall, but he's an upperclassman and he's big and he's strong and he, he's gonna like maneuver you around in the low post. And, and listen, if it's not Pascal, then O'Shea Brissett or Elijah Hughes has to knock a guy down you know, then they have to be the muscle guys. yeah, And, like, it makes sure, like, I, I don't know. I you, But coming off in of New York, whatever it is, you do want to see more intensity um, out of this team defensively. Uh, because, you know, whatever happened against Colgate tonight, you know, the next game is at Ohio State. They're top a,
0: 25 team now.
1: It's a road game against a Big, Big Ten team. And they're well coached, and they play hard, and, you know you can't absorb another loss at this point in the season.
0: No, and and let's talk about that. Let's take a break. We'll talk about that next because Steve and I hit on that a little bit uh, on yesterday's show, but it's it's one of those things where you're thinking about the NCAA tournament a little bit. It's in the back of your mind, but it's also November 21st. Uh, So let's talk about that next on Orange Nation. 315-437-7644 is the number to call. Seth Goldberg, Mike Waters with you here on ESPN Radio. Jumper on the way! Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey! A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, three, three, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered for Soaring through the
1: air!
0: High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive and he's got room! To the 10! One man to beat, he'll do it! Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, Party time. The upset pulled by the orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. Battle. The penetration. Step back. Oh. A pressure bucket for Tyus This is Orange Nation with stephen Fonti and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Here we go, hour number two of Orange Nation on a Wednesday afternoon, a snowy Wednesday here in central New York. Listening on ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1214.40 a.m. On ESPN Syracuse and the ESPN app. And don't forget, of course, the Facebook live stream. If you want to look into our studios, if you like the... Uh, Mets Fatheads, the Mr. Met Fathead, the Syracuse banner on the wall, uh, check it out on our Facebook live stream just look for ESPN Syracuse and it's streaming right there hour number one, a lot of great basketball talk with Mike Waters uh, from Syracuse.com and the Post Standard, we'll podcast a lot of that and throw it out there in our 30 minutes in Orange Nation podcast, our daily podcast of the day's show but I I do want to get to some SU football here before we get to Steve Andrus of 4for4.com and some fantasy football updates and advice heading into the weekend. It's getting down to the home stretch of the fantasy football season, so we need Steve's help uh, for sure, and that'll be coming up in about 12 minutes. Now, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but Syracuse Athletics and the and the football Twitter account posted an interview that Matt Park has done along with quarterback Tommy DeVito. Talked to Tommy and, you know, put it out about five minutes. Uh, and the tweet says, here from Tommy DeVito as he in the orange prep for the regular season finale against Boston College. Now, again, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I can't help but look at that tweet and look at that interview and say Tommy DeVito's starting. I haven't gotten the chance to listen to the whole thing as I've, been on the air and been talking with Mike here in breaks, but just by the nature of throwing that out there, by the nature of putting that out in public, that makes me think that Tommy DeVito will be the starting quarterback on Saturday. Now, I said yesterday, I said on Monday, I would start Tommy DeVito, and it has nothing to do with which quarterback I think is better. It has nothing to do with which quarterback I think gives Syracuse a better chance to win. It has nothing to do with the fact that earlier in the year, I pushed for Tommy DeVito to start rather than Eric Dungy after that game against UNC. It has nothing to do with that, I promise. Purely based on health, and I look at the back and back injuries as something that is really serious, as something that is not just serious for an athletic career, not just serious for uh, future athletic endeavors like the NFL, the CFL, you know, whatever the the AAF, whatever, whatever pro football league or, or pro football situation you want to find yourself in, I am not just talking about that. I am talking about a back injury is very serious in everyday life, and I don't think that we realize, people who have not been through back pain, who have not, you know, had back issues, I don't think we realize the extent of how debilitating that could be. Just just the, the trouble of doing everyday things. So to me, it's not worth rushing somebody back. Somebody who is only, you know, 21, 22 years old. But it's not worth rushing them back from that kind of an injury. To play six, seven days later. To say, hey, we, we really need you on the field because we really want to win this game. We really need to win this game. I just don't think it's worth it to rush somebody back from that kind of an injury. To put him in harm's way again. To say, you know what? We're going to throw you back out there. We're going to hope that you don't get hurt. To me, I'm letting Eric, Eric Dungey sit this week. I'm letting Eric Dungey get healthy this week. This is not senior day. This is not his last chance to play in his home building. This is not his last chance to play in front of the home fans. He already got that. He already had that moment. It was an awesome moment. He got cheered off the field. He got his name chanted by the Carrier Dome crowd. He spent the longest time out of any senior walking around the field and thanking the fans. He got that awesome moment already. It was a great moment. And Eric Dungey already has had that. I would hate to see his season end, his senior year end, his career end, much the way that it has in previous years. Him crumbling to the turf with an injury. And I think that if you don't play him this weekend, there's still a chance that maybe in four weeks or five weeks, when you're playing in a bowl game, maybe he's all right. Maybe he's healthy. Maybe he's good to go. Maybe he's feeling pain-free. And to me, that's worth it. To me, it makes sense to let him get healthy, let him get right, and come back for the bowl game without any thought or concern or risk about what his potential health ramifications might be. Let him sit this one out. Let him take this one off. Because you know what? Quite frankly, I don't think this game matters for much of anything other than getting a ninth win, the potential of 10. I don't think this game matters for your bowl opportunities. I think you're going to the pinstripe bowl. And I don't think that a win on Saturday changes that. And I don't know that that's good enough reason to play somebody. I don't know that that's something that the coaches are necessarily thinking about. But to me, it doesn't make sense to play Eric Dungie on Saturday. It makes all the sense in the world to let Tommy DeVito get his first career start. Let Eric Dungey rest up. Let Eric Dungy get healthy. Let him have this great last moment in a Syracuse football uniform in a ball game in four weeks. Let him go out there and be triumphant. Don't allow his career to end once again, his season to end once again, with him hurt, with him crumbling to the turf in agony, in pain. Because we've seen that three times already. We've seen it four times already, if we're being quite frankly, quite honest. We've seen it four times. Let's hope that we don't see it again. Let him, he- let him get healthy let him play a game, let him get cheered off the field by the fans that will be filling Yankee Stadium in a a month from now. Let that be his final Syracuse moment. Not Boston College, not putting him in harm's way. Don't risk it. It's just not worth it. It's just not. So if you start Tommy DeVito like I I would advocate for, and, and I certainly think they will, After seeing that tweet and that interview put out. Now that's an interesting dynamic. You're going to get a glimpse into the future. We're going to see what Tommy DeVito is and can be. Because we've seen him play really well. We've seen him play not so well against Notre Dame. What is he against Boston College? This seems to be a little bit of a in the middle. They're not quite as bad as UNC. They're not quite as good as Notre Dame. So what's Tommy DeVito? Where is he? Is he closer to the player he he was against UNC? I think so. I think he's more closely in line with that player than the one that we saw last Saturday. But the only way that we would know is by seeing him play again. By seeing him play against Boston College. By seeing him play week one next year when he's the starting quarterback of this team. That's the only possible way we would know what quarterback Tommy DeVito is. I'm excited. If that's Saturday, if that's next year, if that's in a bowl game, whatever it is, I'm excited for the Tommy DeVito era. I think he's going to be really good. I think there's a reason that Dino Babers didn't want to talk about him all that much, wanted to keep him kind of under wraps a little bit for the last year plus, two years. There's a reason why. There's a method to the madness. And we saw that in the UNC game. And I think that if he gets a chance to go out there again and play again against a team that's not quite the third-ranked team in the country, I think he could have another really good performance. I think he can go out there and play another really good game. And I'll tell you this. and I've, we, We've said this all season long. I'd feel better heading into a game this year knowing you don't have Eric Dungy, than I did last year or the year before or the year before, knowing that you did not have Eric Dungy. I feel more confident in Tommy DeVito than I felt in Mitch Kimball, Austin Wilson, Zach Mahoney, Rex Culpepper, whoever else you want to throw out there. I feel more confident in Tommy DeVito than I did in any of those quarterbacks. And I would think that the Syracuse coaching staff does as well. That's another reason to be cautious with Eric. To say, hey, let's get you healthy. Let's, let's let you have a good moment. Let's let you walk off the field and know for sure that you're going to make it through the entire game. All the more reason to do it because you feel comfortable with who you've got behind him. And I think that's the situation we're looking at on Saturday. Coming up here on Orange Nation, we'll get some fantasy football talk in with Steve Andrus of 4for4.com, getting you ready for the stretch run of your fantasy football season. Let's take a timeout. Steve Andrus with us when we come back on ESPN Radio.